You're listening to the Thriving Mom Podcast. I'm life and nutrition coach Ume Uguta, and I'm here to help you create the motherhood of your dreams without sacrificing your health and well-being. On this podcast, we dive into mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you stop surviving and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hello, Thriving Moms. Welcome to another podcast episode. How are you doing? I'm very excited to be chatting about this today. We're talking about navigating boundaries during the holiday people pleaser edition. (laughs) You can't see me, but I've got my hands all spread out because this is very near and dear to my heart. The holiday season is prime time for boundaries to be challenged, for people's brains to go in all directions, for egos to be bruised, and it's even tougher for people who experience people-pleasing tendencies because their nervous system is on alert most of the time. So I think this is a good time to have this episode in your pocket. Listen to it throughout the week. (laughs) Take it with you before you go to all your meetings if you identify as a people-pleaser Or if you have people-pleasing tendencies. So the thing about the holiday and people-pleasers is we tend to hold a lot of things in, right? Because of everything I've just said, we feel like the only alternative is to hold everything in. And then we look at the new year, like January 1st, as, once I get there, then I'm going to feel much better. Then I don't have to deal with all of this stuff. I just need to get through the holiday. I bet there are a few of you thinking this already. But you know what happens? You end up feeling burned out come January 1st, come the new year. And then you spend the first couple of months in recovery. (laughs) Because your mental energy is drained because your emotional capacity has been stretched in a negative way. So you spend months just spinning and not really getting to what you want to do. And we don't want that to happen. I want you to feel comfortable speaking up for what you want now. I want you to stop controlling everyone around you now. And best of all, have the mental fortitude to go after your dreams and goals whenever you're ready to go for them without having to recover from all of this emotional work that you're doing or you plan to do. So in this podcast episode, I've included a link to my free people-pleasing detox guide. You'll see it in the show notes or you can go to oliveandbliss.ca forward slash people pleasing detox. One word. You're welcome. Now, if you haven't heard me say this before, people pleasing behavior is a form of manipulation. <laughs> I know you're so helpful. You like to help people. You bend over backwards. You want other people to feel comfortable. I get it. And I'm never going to tell you that people-pleasing is good or bad. My clients know this about me. I will, however, challenge you to decide what you want your relationship to be like. How is people-pleasing serving you or not? That's a better question to ask yourself rather than bringing morality into the context of people-pleasing. I want to lead with that because I do see people you know, shaming people pleasers and saying negative things. And maybe that's where their brains are at. But for me, I I am a firm believer that whatever behavior you have, 
is serving you. And that's why you keep doing it. And if it's not, you can change it. But you get to decide when that happens. I want to lead with that because I know this episode is going to challenge some of you. Your brain is going to offer you thoughts and that's okay. Just know it's okay to bring awareness to this behavior and then do your own self-reflection about its role in your life. Then you decide whether you want to change it or not. And that's okay. If you want to change it, I'm here for you. I have podcast episodes on people pleasing. You can join my email list. If you grab that freebie, you can also come work with me. I can support you. So let's talk about navigating the holiday as a people pleaser. Are you ready? This is the one thing you need to do. You plan for it. (laughs) Notice I did not say expect it. I said plan. Plan knowing that things, events, people will activate your inner people pleaser. People will activate that people pleasing fawning response. And I will tell you this. You can work on this for years and years, but there's sometimes that that response will still want to show up, right? Because as humans, we're always evolving. Sometimes you're going to encounter what you've never encountered before. And that's going to challenge you to show up again in a different way and work through the people pleasing response. I see it like having a spare tire in your car. You know, you go out, you're not expecting to have a flat or loose tire, but you have a spare just in case. And that's what I'm talking about because people pleasers tend to feel unsafe when their boundaries are challenged, whether they name it or not, whether the other person knows that boundary or not. And when that boundary gets challenged, there's a question of safety. If you're someone who tends to people please, just think about it for a moment. Play with me here. When your boundary is challenged, what are the feelings that you have? When you feel that tendency to want to people please, You probably feel panicked. You probably feel scared. You might feel anxious. You might feel nervous. And when you're feeling panicked, scared, anxious, nervous, you cannot think properly. You won't be able to make smart decisions, especially those that may cause your nervous system to feel even more unsafe. So people will be like, oh, I can just feel courageous. But feeling courageous sucks. (laughs) It does not feel good in the body. For many people, courage does not feel great in the body. So imagine feeling panicked, scared, anxious, and nervous, and then trying to feel courageous at the same time. It's not going to help you. And this is why you want to plan. This is why you want to have that spare tire in your car. Just in case, then you can have something to pull out. So here's what you do in a nutshell. And I'm going to break them down in a few minutes, but you're going to decide ahead of time. You're going to have your back by doing what you said you do. You're going to love yourself through it all. Let's break them down. First thing is make peace with the people-pleasing tendency that you have. No one is born people-pleasing. It's a learned response. And because of the messaging about people-pleasing being negative and being bad, There's this moral compass that we judge people pleasing by. Many of us have been taught to feel shame and embarrassment about it. I know I was, and I called myself a recovering people pleaser for years. But even in doing that, I was people pleasing the people who were not supporting people pleasing. I hope that makes sense, but that's how it sounds in my brain. So I just stopped calling myself that. I have people pleasing tendencies, and that's okay. I'm not a bad or a good person. I'm just a human. 
like any other trait, we get to decide whether it's serving us or not. So I want you to notice where you might be holding judgment, shame, maybe embarrassment or sadness or even hatred about yourself for people pleasing. That's the work. I was talking to my client the other day and the behavior that she was struggling with, I shared this scenario with her and I I think it's so important for me to share it in this podcast episode. When there are pieces of us that we're embarrassed about, that we're ashamed of, that make us feel sad or hateful, it's almost like sending them to a corner. Go sit over there, go stay in the closet and I'll deal with you later. What we fail to remember in that moment is... That's a piece of us that's missing. So we go about our day without our whole selves. Do you get what I'm saying? It's almost like taking a part of you and boxing it away. And guess who shows up in public? It's not the whole you. So let's say you go meet people and there's a part of you that laughs really loud, right? This used to be me. It's still me. There was a time people would tell me that I laugh like a man, (laughs) Because I laugh like my dad and my laugh tends to be really loud and very hearty. But there was a time when I would go out and I would laugh so quietly just so people wouldn't think I laugh like a man. Even with sneezing, I remember this one time someone said I sneeze so loud and they were like, why do you have to sneeze that loud? And I got so embarrassed about it. So every time I went out, I would either like sneeze in a tissue and then I was practicing how to sneeze quietly. You know, there are people who just hold their nostrils or they sneeze and they're like, and I was trying to do that and I would not kid you. I felt like my ears were going to burst. Tears were coming out of my eyes. I was in so much pain. I'm like, this is not worth it. So no, I don't laugh or sneeze like a lady, lady in quotes. And if that bothers you, we can have a conversation about it too. (laughs) So where are you holding judgment and shame? Can you find a space in your body to feel neutral about the people pleasing and just observe and be like, okay, I noticed I'm doing this again and that's okay. That's all. Bring compassion into this work. You don't have to be happy with it. You don't have to be upset with it. You just need to find a place where you feel neutral about the behavior. So that's the first thing. Make peace with that. Second thing, you're going to name your non-negotiables. What are you willing to do and what are you not willing to do? And then you're going to decide ahead of time based on your own unique circumstance. One of the things that I find with people pleasers is that we don't even know what we want. And that's challenging when you go out and people offer you what they think you should want. And then you get activated because you haven't thought ahead of time, what is more like me? What would I like to do? So here's your opportunity to name that. What are you willing to do for people? What are you willing not to do? Name that and decide ahead of time. Next, you're going to create a self-care plan. Now listen, bubble baths and facials are fun. Massages, love them. But I want you to think about your self-care plan as how you want to intentionally, notice the word here, intentionally cater to your inner people pleaser. What does she need to feel safe? Again, we're going back to there's no safety, then you feel the need to control and manipulate outcomes and people. So what does she need to feel safe? For me, I'd say it just depends on who and what. But I've named my non-negotiables and that's where I always go back to. And the funny thing is the people who activate my people-pleasing tendencies the most are the people that I love. Now, because I've worked with them 
and I know how they respond, I've also trained them to know how I'm going to respond if they push my people-pleasing button. So I think we're in a good place. But I will tell you, I've gone to the place where I was willing to let people go. I have done that. A non-negotiable for me is when I tell you no, don't keep asking. No. Like, no for me is a complete sentence. And if you keep asking, then I'm going to shut the conversation down. And my oldest daughter, because she's quite strong-willed, she will push when I say no, but why? And then I offer my why, but, and that's where I'm like, you know what? The conversation's over and I just walk away. So now she knows, even she'll come and tell me and she'd be like, I already thought about it. If you say no, then this is what I'm going to do. So I've taught her my boundary and now she's figuring out (laughs) her own way of dealing with boundaries because I'm not going to engage with her, right? For some of you, you might think, oh, well, in order for me to not people please, that person needs to be terrible. We want to see them in a negative light, but you don't have to. You can still love people and have boundaries. So that's just one example. And some things that I've done Because I knew that I would get to that place where I would tell my daughter I'm not going to have a conversation and I would feel a little bit sad and there would be the mom guilt. So I had to learn how to give myself love and affection in that moment so that I could still show love and affection to her despite the fact that I just said no. And I know my inner people pleaser is getting activated, especially if she keeps pushing. So rather than me getting upset, I disengage by walking away to go cool down, and then we can have our conversation later. This has taken me years, so if you're not there yet, not a problem. But how can you create a plan where you still feel that love and affection? Because this is what we fear the most. We fear that if we choose not to people please, then love and affection is going to go away. Some things I've done have included crying, taking a shower, going outside for a run, talking it out with my friend, I've also self-talked. Meditation and sitting quietly haven't worked for me so far. I don't know if they'll ever work, but I'm not that person who sits and meditates. When I'm feeling activated, I need to expel energy. And that's why I do things that help me to either release or just like wear me out. I just need to expel energy. And that's what I do. Now I've also been tapping. I've recently discovered tapping and I find it really helpful sometimes. So you get to decide ahead of time what will your self-care plan be, right? You've named your non-negotiables. If this happens, how are you going to take care of your inner people pleaser so she feels safe? Next, you're going to state and practice your boundary discussion. So one of the things that I've learned after coaching many clients who struggle with people pleasing, I always find that eight out of 10 times, These women, including myself in the past, never stated their boundaries. So you never told anyone, don't do that. I don't like it when you do this. We never said anything. We just got upset at people. So a very important thing you need to do is let people know ahead of time what your boundary is. And then you keep practicing that discussion. Because for many of us, you don't get that split second to think often. So you want to practice that boundary, practice that discussion ahead of time. Now, I don't want you to sit sit around making up stories in your head. (laughs) I know this because I've coached many of you on this, (laughs) where you make up scenarios and try to figure out all the possible outcomes. 
It's exhausting. Don't do that. Instead, I want you to go into your past, maybe pick one or two scenarios, name the facts of what happened. This person said this. This happened. Take out all of your emotions. Take out all of the blame. None of that. Just name the facts of the situation. And then think about how you felt in that moment and how you responded. So for example, in the past, someone told me that I laugh too loud. The words were, you laugh too loud, you laugh like a man. That's it. Notice it's neutral. It's just words that the person offered me. And then I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed because I was thinking that A woman's not supposed to laugh loud. A woman's supposed to be quiet, right? And then how did I respond? In that moment, I just withdrew. So I kept quiet for the rest of the conversation. But I started to adjust my behavior in social circumstances. When I was not at home, I would adjust the way I laughed just so other people could feel better, especially when this person was around. Now the next thing I did was thinking about how I would respond if that happened again. And I want to invite you to do the same. After thinking about that past scenario, how would you respond if it happened again? How would you like to feel in that situation? And then get comfortable with that feeling in your body. Say it over and over again, how you're going to think, feel it in your body until it feels a little bit comfortable. Because initially it's not. I remember when I thought about that situation. For me, then I hadn't learned the model that I use for coaching. But what I remember doing was just thinking that, you know what? This is who I am. This is the laughter I was born with. And I love it. It actually reminds me of my dad. And that's what I went with. So that's why you'll hear me laugh. I laugh a lot. And it doesn't bother me. So how do you want to feel in that situation? How do you want to think? Practice over and over again. Practice stating your boundary again. If you do this, then I'm going to do this. Just like I gave the example, if I say no, that's it. If you ask me why, I might offer a reason. But if you keep asking and keep pushing, I'm just going to disengage and cut off the conversation. That's it. And it's going to be tough the first couple of times because you're not used to it. But remember in step three, you have a self-care plan. So you're going to go back and practice your self-care plan. And you keep repeating that cycle until you get comfortable. And now finally, you have your back no matter what. Do what you said you would do if someone doesn't respect your boundary regardless of the outcome. Even if it feels terrible, here's why. Your inner people pleaser wants to run away from conflict. She wants to run away from other people feeling bad. She wants to feel safe. Remember, many of us go out and leave her in the corner. You want to bring her with you. Having your back demands you to show up and respect yourself to do what you said you would do if people don't respect your boundary. By following through, by having your back, you're teaching your inner people pleaser to know that you would always be there. You're building trust. You are showing that you're dependable and that's going to help you start feeling comfortable with your boundaries. Your inner people pleaser gets activated when she feels unsafe. When you show up and do what you said you would do, even if it feels uncomfortable, you're building that trust and dependability. Then you're also reminding her 
she doesn't need to get activated and scream on top of her lungs because you got this. It's like if you were to go out and then you've got someone really precious to you or maybe a pet with you and then you get attacked by something, you're going to do everything possible to ward off that attack. You will throw things, you would scream, you would call 911, you would grab a stick or whatever to fend off the attack because you're trying to protect this person. This is the same thing you do for your inner people pleaser. I'm not saying get violent here, but I'm just wanting to give you a good visual of what I mean because the more you do that, the more you're building trust and the more she's going to not feel the need to come out. She can just chill because she trusts that you've got your back. You deserve a holiday where your needs are top of mind, where you get to enjoy a holiday where you know that what you want matters. So I'm inviting you to be your number one ally. And when you ever doubt that, remember that I'm cheering you on. And you can come back, plug this podcast episode, and be reminded that you matter. And just because you have people-pleasing tendencies... It doesn't make you less than anybody else out there in the world. All right, my friends, have a beautiful week ahead. And as always, keep thriving. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to take that work deeper and implement one thing that you learned this week. And if you'd like to take this work further, come work with me inside my coaching program. You can go to oliveandbliss.ca to learn all about me and how I can support you.